Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Let us pray. Jesus, God, you came to us as the word made flesh. You came to show us what it means to love. You came to teach us how to serve one another. You came to clothe the naked and feed the hungry. Oh God, come to us now. Fill us with your spirit so that we, so that we all might be transformed and together can transform the world. Amen. I invite you now to rise and body your spirit for our first song. easy during the holidays, in spite of all the season of giving, it's easy to become focused on ourselves. It's easy to forget that our actions have consequences, not just to ourselves, but to others, to our community. So this is the part of the service where we acknowledge the interdependent relationships that exist all around us. And we acknowledge that sometimes we can cause harm in those relationships. So let us now be honest with ourselves, with each other, and with God as we say together the prayer of admission. Let us pray. Loving God, 
This is the season when we should look to you, but we often only look to ourselves. We ignore the cries of the world and our neighbors. Forgive us for the ways we hurt and hate. Free us from our sin so that we can humbly serve you. Each week we remember that that newborn Jesus that we come, that we're waiting for, he eventually grows up. And when he grows up, we eventually hang him on that cross to die. And as we are standing there, as he is dying, he looks out and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Friends, we still are in need of forgiveness. We still don't know entirely what we are doing, but we are forgiven, called to forgive one another, Let us live in peace with God and with one another. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a few more seats up front if y'all want a brave sitting on the front row. I want to point your attention to um, the classifieds at the back of the program. There's a lot going on right now. Um, I'm most excited to let you know that bluegrass at Christmas is coming back. Um, I've actually only been to one bluegrass at Christmas. It was amazing. I think it was four or five years ago. We've never done it in this space. Uh, So it's going to be bluegrass at Christmas 2.0. And for those of you who've never been to one, uh, get ready for a good time. Doors open at 630. And our downtown church musicians will be playing Christmas songs for you. Some bluegrass, some not so bluegrass. Uh, but it's sure to be a good time and it's open to the public, it's free. We will pass an offering um, that will go to support musicians, local musicians um, in the next year, bringing more and more people on this stage. Um, But we're excited for that tonight. And also just a reminder, if you're visiting with us or if you're not, um, or if you're new here, we don't pass the offering plates, but we have wooden bowls uh, by each door and those are to collect your offering 
um, regular offering, end of year gift offering, they are there for you. And we are grateful. All right, our scripture reading today, our gospel reading comes from the gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. You can follow along with me in your program. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. The title of today's sermon is Away. You know what I find odd? Our lullabies, the lullabies that we cradle babies and sing to them about, are about tragedy. Most of them are. Think about it. Rockabye baby, in the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby, cradle and all. Or how about this one? It's a common prayer we say with children before bed. Christians say with children before bed, as I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. How many of you have tried explaining that to a three-year-old? <laughs> it's hard for my mind, much less a concrete young mind. It seems the same is true in our Christmas hymn for today, Away in a Manger. The melody is sweet like a lullaby, but the story's a little scary. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. This American Christmas song was attributed to some German Christians, we think, in the late 1800s. It was part of Sunday school curriculum. Song is a good way to teach things to younger generations, and so this was a song included so that children could learn the birth story of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's a lot to unpack just in the first few words. Away in a manger. Away, which means not here, not in downtown Columbia with access to doctors and surgeons and midwives and nurses, away from here. So not in the comfort of air-conditioned rooms and fluorescent lights and all those medical devices that can check vitals and keep mamas and babes healthy and alive. Away from all of that. The story of Jesus' birth is not as cozy or as comfortable as we like to paint the holiday times. The manger did not have twinkly lights. There was no pine, no holly. The birthplace of Jesus was a cave. 
I've been there once. It is literally a cave dug out of the earth. It is damp and dark and dreary. And it's like a manger in that there are animals, stinky animals just walking around everywhere. The kind of outdoor pets that we keep away from the nice, comfortable things inside. That's where Jesus was born. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he sent his only son to us. To us, yes. Close to us, on planet Earth to us, walking distance for many in the Middle East to us. But also away from us, distant from us, not in our town, not in our homes, not in our places of comfort, which means that in order for us to encounter the living Lord, Jesus Christ, God's son sent to us, we have to go away from what might be comfortable for us, to the margins, to the places that are damp, and dark and dreary to the places outside of the warmth of our holiday decked homes. It's by design that we celebrate Christmas, Christ coming to us in the months of winter. Winter, when it gets dark at 5.15 p.m., When the whole creation is putting on display the darkness that Christ's light enters into. It's in response to the dark, damp, dreary winter months that we put twinkly lights on our house. And we buy those inflatable Christmas things and put them up in our lawns. And and we buy more wine to go numb at Christmas parties. We do our best to move outside of the dark, damp, dreary times. And yet, they still find us. The absence of someone at a dinner table, the loneliness when we turn off that last light in the house, the growing despair of being stuck in a rut, not able to see the way forward, It might take moving away from the bright, cheery, secular Christmas to find the humble light of Christ. It might take walking around the block, you know, after dinner, when it's dark and dreary, even in the rain, and talking to God away from everyone else. And maybe... Maybe some of you are like Mother Mary and in that time alone with God, even in the dark and dreary rain on your face, you are singing a praise song for all that God has done for you. Or maybe in that alone time, walking around the neighborhood in the dark, damp, dreary, you are begging God to show you the way forward. You're begging God to just come near, just be felt, just once. It's often in that alone time with God when we are vulnerable that we are most willing to get on our knees and to receive our Savior coming near to us. Mary, Jesus' mother, is the one to whom God drew the closest, 
Mary didn't have to go away to find Jesus. She found him within. She carried him within. And because she carried him within, she was pushed away. We often think about Mary and Joseph in modern times as these young kids who didn't know any better. We think about them as young teens, right? Just out on the streets, but that's not true. Mary and Joseph were like a royal marriage. And because of Joseph's connection to King David and his lineage, they had access to all sorts of resources until they stepped out of the social lines. The moment people found out that she was pregnant out of wedlock, she was cast away from all of her access to resources, to family, to support. It's why they are away in a manger to bring Christ into this world. And yet Mary isn't upset about being cast away. Confused and shocked, probably, yes, but she was so filled with the Holy Spirit that she sings this song this song of praise, we call it the Magnificant to God. She sings that her soul magnifies the Lord. Her spirit rejoices because God's good news of God coming to us has come to her and she knows it. She is alive. Out of all the people in the world that God could choose to enter the world, God chose Mary. Likely a 12-year-old girl, a boss of a girl, a rebel of a girl, a sweetheart of a girl. God chose her. God confides in her. God trusts her. And in her song, she magnifies the Lord for changing her life by bringing Christ to the world through her. I imagine her song is a beautiful one similar to Away in a Manger. It probably has a sweet melody, but the words can be harsh. Look with me at, her, at the scripture. Verse 52 and 53, she sings this. The Lord has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. The Lord has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away. Away. I lingered on this verse a little longer this Advent season because I don't know about you, but I don't identify with being very lowly. I'm not hungry. I identify with being well-fed and rich. And I don't like that it says I get sent away. It seems so harsh. Christ's light comes into the world for everyone, right? Even those rich, wise people that get to come and see Jesus but as Pastor Lucas said last week in his sermon, the truth of God can fall on our ears with mercy or judgment. Why are we sent away empty? Perhaps it's because we need to get away. Some of us, me, I need to get away to a manger to encounter the living Lord. Because Jesus can be really hard to find when we can take care of everything for ourselves when we can pay every bill, when, when our tables are full of a feast and we've got good health, it, there's not much reason to look for a savior. What we need is to be more aware of our own need for a savior. 
And sometimes we can glimpse that better when we are away, out of our comfort zones, without what we need, without knowledge of what's about to happen next. It is when we are away in a manger that we find ourselves readily on our knees, ready to welcome our Savior to us. A few years ago, I took a group, a small group from this church to Havana, Cuba. We went with the purpose of identifying a Presbyterian church that would become like a a sister church for us and we could grow and learn um, together. I don't have to tell you that things are different in Cuba than they are in the United States of America. There's a different government, different language, different economy. And this trip made me extremely grateful to be a citizen of the United States of the America. It made me extremely grateful for the freedoms and the opportunities that are granted to us. And while we were there, I, I also couldn't help but observe their joy, which confused me. Even in the lowly places with lack of access to resources or opportunities, we saw churches get really creative about attending to their community needs. We saw churches with wells, often wells that churches like us in the United States came and helped build that provided fresh water, clean water to the community. And so these churches, we would wake up every day to see the entire neighborhood lined up outside the church with their buckets, ready to come in and fill them for the day. We saw churches that built these um, urban gardens on the rooftop because the elderly in their community weren't getting all the nutrients that they needed. And so the church created this garden that would supplement the rice and beans rations. In the humble places we visited, Christ was so very present. Many of us saw Christ in a new way because we were away, away from our work, away from our family lines, away from our phones. It's similar to the wilderness trips that Lucas leads. Getting away is so important for us to see with new eyes. One night I was up late with um, another pastor. I call her my Cuban mother. Her name is Maricela. I call her my Cuban mother because she reminds me of my mother. She's a pastor and she has such a a servant's heart. If she's at the church, the doors are open. She's inviting kids in to read scripture with her, to practice their English. She has the secretary of her church laundering clothes for these young kids whose parents are both addicted to different substances. And she found out they were getting bullied at church and she just took it into her own hands. She's an incredible woman. So I'm sitting with her late one night. Everybody else has gone to bed. And I was uh, telling her that my call looks really different than what I thought it would be. I love speaking Spanish. I love visiting other cultures. I thought, and when I was originally called by God, I thought I was gonna be a missionary. I thought I was gonna live on clay dirt with thatched roofs and I would just be doing that service work every day. But I'm not, I'm here. I'm here as a head pastor of a really wealthy church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I get to be with my family every day and and we have a comfortable home, more than we could ever need. And as I looked at her, I didn't know how to process it. Well, Maricela, my Cuban mother, she looked at me with these tender eyes and in Spanish she said to me, my child, we don't need you in Cuba. 
We don't need you in Peru or Haiti or Guatemala or wherever you thought you were supposed to be. We need you in Columbia, South Carolina, with the good people of downtown church because you can bring them away to see that we are more than our government and our leaders. We are Christians building the kingdom alongside you. You can lead people away to see with new eyes where Christ is in our humble midst. Her words have washed over me again and again, and they make me think about the word away differently. Jesus was born away, and it is helpful for us to go away, outside our comfort zones to see with fresh eyes, to be reconnected to the heart of our gospel story. But the truth is, we don't have to go away. The truth is, the story is Jesus makes a way for us no matter where we are. Jesus made a way for Mother Mary and Joseph. Jesus made a way for the shepherds and the wise people. Jesus makes a way for the innkeeper, even after they don't let Joseph and Mary inside. Jesus makes a way for his people. That's just what Jesus does, which means Jesus makes a way for each of us. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I can tell you this. If you have felt embarrassed by something you've done, if you're in your shame or in in deep pain over something that you are witnessing in your life right now, if you feel stuck and like there is not a possible way forward in your life, Jesus is making a way for you. And that way might look different than what we originally imagined for our life. And we might need people like Maricela who who help us see the way forward. But I promise you, God is making a way. That's what Jesus does in this season. He's making a way for you, for me. For that we say thanks be to God. Amen.
What a gift it is to have young minds and hearts sing for the Lord. What a gift. Let us pray. Loving God, holy is your name. We thank you for this day, for this church, for these people, big and small. God, today we find ourselves in church. We are seeking something, something hard to describe, yet something we so deeply need. Joy. Hope, love, peace, ultimately you, God. We are waiting for you today, and as we wait, we pray that waiting might change us, might change us to be more like you, God. We pray for those who are missing people this Christmas. We pray for those who are alone, afraid, and hopeless, those who struggle to find the strength to get up in the morning. God, we pray for our leaders near and far who can affect change for good. God, we pray for our students that in the chaos of exams and tests, they might remember that their worth is not tied to a grade. God, we pray that as we wait, our hearts might grow, our minds might change, our ears might listen, and our eyes might see. God, we thank you for granting us a way a way for us to love and a way for us to be loved by your son who taught us to pray, saying together, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand in body or spirit as we affirm together what we believe, saying the Apostles' Creed, a creed 2,000 years in the making, where we can rely on the faith of others when sometimes it's hard to find our own faith. So downtown church, what is it that we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. makes a way. In the wilderness, Jesus makes a way for each one of us. And so for, as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.